When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Class has started, students, so gather up, sit at your desks, and be prepared to listen because it's the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, everything that we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Also, as well, I want to give a big shout out to everything that we do and be a part of because if you can, please like, share, subscribe. Please subscribe right below Professor Joe Soro today. Right there. You can do it. I know you can. So you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air each and every time out right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus also as well, go ahead and check us out each and every game during the game right there for you live for our live watch parties right there at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Join up for free today and be part of all the fun at playback.tv. Plus. Of course, what Professor Joe Soros spends his off time doing, he is, of course, at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and join the conversation today. The, all, all the other uh, great students of Lakers philosophy right there for you at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and join the curriculum going on there. Plus, you go ahead and hear what Ox1947 has to say each and every time out. Plus, if you want your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today, go ahead and check out Professor Joe Soro's website, Symblades with a Y, if you're in the Southern California area, Symblades with a Y.com. Plus, our good friends, Professor Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, go ahead and join him and also Professor Yami Swoot, aka Jamie Sweet, today at Lakerholics.com our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, class, as dean of this fine Lakers Fast Break institution, I wanted to go and make sure everyone is settled down. We apologize for the momentary delay in class, as far as class getting started a little bit later than we had anticipated. Unfortunately, one of our professors was late arriving today. And I will just say I won't name him personally, but it rhymes with Yo Toro. So I will just say <laughs> that we appreciate everyone who is attending class today. And thank you so much for doing so. Appreciate it. But for today's class, students, as dean of this fine university, 
wanted to go ahead and instruct everybody that we have a great lecture in store for you today. Professor Joe Soro is here, and he is going to talk about something that he has at times talked about on the show before, but he, we wanted to go into more detail. We provided you with the homework and the reading assignments as far as the 10 years later article that was posted. So we wanted to go ahead and make sure that link is actually down below in the description. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, but it is the Chris Paul trade. And as Chris Paul gathers on for the last final few, what months, maybe a couple seasons left in his career, his body is already starting to break down. He may not be ever the same for the Phoenix Suns once again. At one time, he was the premier point guard in the NBA. And at one time, the Lakers did have a chance, an opportunity, and had already gone through the motions for a trade with New Orleans on that. So Professor Joe Sorrell wants to get into that today. So without further ado, here is Professor Joe Sorrell. Professor, as Dean of this institution, I will now turn it over to you. Class is now in session. Well, the date was December, I believe it was December 8th, 2011. The NBA was in a lockout, which eventually dissipated and turned into a 66-game season in which LeBron James and the Miami Heat went on to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder in five games in the NBA Finals. Now, let's go back to that horrid day, December 8th, 2011. Started out like a, like the usual Thursday. Uh, I had a show called The Nighthawks that aired between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. at Palomar College at KKSM 1320. My co-host was Curtis Bryant. He has done since then, I believe, a good amount of minor league baseball play-by-play, -play, and now he is a peace officer. But that night started out really, really good because I think uh, Kobe needed some reinforcements. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, uh, unfortunately, is always going to be lit, you know, known for his last transactions. It's unfortunate because I, I thought the Pau Gasol trade uh, changed Kobe's career at Lakers history, and he was about to do it again with Pau Gasol, only exiting Pau at that time, which I believed was a year, possibly two years earlier than they needed to. However, that's kind of what you get taught in sports sometimes where you want to you don't want to get too late in trading someone or letting someone go when it's you want to let them go a little bit before they're 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 ready to go so the trade the trade was chris paul going to la for the rockets would have received Pau gasol the hornets would have received uh, Lamar Odom, Luis Scola, a young Kevin Martin, Gordon Dragic, and a 12, 2012 pick. That was the that was the trade. And for all intents and purposes, it went, it went through. Then as I'm doing my sports drill on KKSM 1320, 
I uh, start getting alerts that something's going on with the Chris Paul trade, that maybe something's not clear. Or at the time, I thought it was possibly a physical. You know, sometimes physicals hold up things. So I didn't know if it was Luis Scola or I, I didn't think, you know, Paul Gasol wasn't injured, so I didn't think it was him. I didn't know if it was Kevin Martin. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know what the holdup was. This was the first time. I had, at least for me, I've ever heard of any trade being vetoed. And I don't think the word veto had been presented yet at that time. So we're talking on air and we're discussing the current scope of the sports world. And then as the hour goes by, I start hearing more detail. And by the time we started, it was... Chris Paul is going to the Lakers. By the time the show ended, Chris Paul was not going to the Lakers. And then the nightmare really continued from there. So David Stern vetoed the trade due to basketball reasons. Why, you might be asking, in case you didn't know, why is David Stern vetoing this trade? Well, at the time, the NBA ran the New Orleans Hornets at that time. And he was the decision maker on this. (sighs) Just so you know, well, just, just, just so you know, this was not the first time I had been frustrated with David Stern. David Stern had pissed me off since the 1998 lockout. 98, 99 lockout. It was like the perfect timing. Michael Jordan retires and David Stern, the true David Stern, starts to emerge because David Stern had some good attributes. I thought he did help build the NBA from when he stepped in in 1984 and helping it become a global brand in terms of Understanding who he had carrying the league and carrying him, really, which because magic. Because that's what I would throw it out at you, Joe. That's the first thing I throw. Out. That's the first thing everybody talks about when it calls you know when they talk about David Stern is how much he expanded the scope as far as the fan following of the league and made it into this global, worldwide sport that so many of us around the globe, around the world, truly follow. I mean, that's the thing that I think is probably. I think that's probably the most profound thing in his legacy as NBA commissioner. Okay. So I I wasn't in the inner workings of how the NBA offices did things, but let's, let's put things in perspective here. 1984, the Lakers lost to the Celtics in seven games. This was the first year that the tape delays were eliminated. The 1984 finals ushered in a new era of the NBA in that it became not a global brand yet, but it became an extremely appealing league to the general public. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and the Celtics and Lakers helped do that. And it just so happened that uh, David Stern took over for for Larry O'Brien uh, as commissioner in 1984. 
So without trying to say, not trying to minimize his contribution, I just I just think David Stern came in at the perfect time. And then you happen to also have Michael Jordan coming in that year, whom uh, about five or six years later ended up really taking the NBA to another level, then allowing pros to go. And I don't remember who allowed that to happen. I don't know if David Stern appealed with the Olympic committee at the time, but let's just say he did. I'd say that was his greatest contribution in getting the pros to play in the Olympics, create the first dream team and set, set a global brand like, like it never had been global before. And then after that, Michael Jordan pretty much carried the nineties until he retired. But this seemed like the, the second uh, Michael Jordan retired, David Stern went into his, uh, oh, shoot, I don't have Michael Jordan to help me here, so I'm going to be a complete dick and start doing stupid crap to, to, to try and help keep the league afloat. And I'm going to sound biased because most of the stuff he did was a detriment to the Lakers. And the first one was... The Lakers had just repeated. Shaquille O'Neal was the most dominant force that the league had seen since Wilt. And David Stern changes the rules that it's okay to zone, to play zone defense. And in my assessment, cut out maybe two year, two more years of Shaq's prime. I guess you can't say that that Rule change might have cost them the four-peat. But if you know the game and you saw how the game was played at that time, I know that they almost lost to the to the Kings. Maybe they ran out of gas against the Spurs in 03. I know I remember game six in the semifinals. It was it was pretty uh it was pretty pretty sad because Duncan just ended them pretty pretty convincingly. But I do believe that that tired that tired Shaq even more, the fact that you could kind of hang somebody there just nonstop instead of, you know, allowing just one guy to be on him when the ball wasn't in his hands. But that was, to me, the first start. So we deal with that. Unfortunately, we had to deal with the 0-4 situation with Kobe. I'm not going to go into the details of that. Everyone knows what that was. And there was some suspect stuff going on in the finals that I'm not going to get into either. Uh, it'll just sound like sound like sour grapes and the conspiracy theorist. But I truly believe that 04 set a precedent for the future uh, for the Lakers and especially Kobe Bryant. So fast forward to the veto. The deal was done. David Stern decides that he wants to veto the trade. Chris Ball gets on his Twitter and starts yapping and complaining, saying he's going to do something about it. He didn't do jack squat. And then to add insult to injury, the guy that enabled a racist pig for, at that time, 25 years, allowed a trade to him as, as added insult. And I would say that might have been what really set me off. If he had, 
if Chris Paul had gone to the Memphis Grizzlies or Miami Heat, it probably would not have – it still would have stung, but I don't think it would have stung as much as where he ended up going. Well, that, that happened about a week later yeah. where he was traded. And we'll go through that again to the particulars, not only for what was proposed in the Lakers trade that was already had gone through, but also for the Clippers trade in the moment as far as the exact pieces. So we'll go with that detail in a minute. But, yes, it happened literally about a week later. Yeah. So we've come to the realization, and, and up until that week, I didn't know what was going to happen. No one knew. Was, he, was there going to be another deal done? Was the cat out of the bag? Well, one thing I did know is regard if, if this thing doesn't happen, we now have to bring back Lamar Odom Pau Gasol. And they're how do you how do you do that? How do you how do you make them feel wanted at that point? You you just try to trade them and yeah, I know they know it's a business, but this is a team that had just won a championship a year earlier. And we saw what happened to Lamar Odom. He ran into some mental health issues after, and we never really got the Pau Gasol we saw in 2009, 2010. So it derailed the team right at that point, right? That was that was it. And then they had to figure out another way to make up for the veto. So what do they do? They overpay to get Steve Nash and the rumors were pretty rampant about Dwight Howard going to the Lakers. And I was excited to all hell to, to get him the first time around for those who, yeah, the first time around. So now we're at the time, you know, you kind of, I remember I heard that Steve Nash was coming to the Lakers on the radio when I was driving around, I was excited. I thought maybe if we can get Steve Nash to kind of cover a little bit of that Chris Paul thing, if he, if he had a, a couple years left in him, that could be something really, really good. Plus, he was a great shooter and all that. And then, of course, getting Dwight Howard. You'd have Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol, Ron Artest, Steve Nash. I mean, come on. And Kobe Bryant on, on a starting lineup. I think you might be able to make a little bit of a run there. We all know that didn't work out the way we hoped. Not even close. However, they were making it work a little bit until Kobe blew out his Achilles. And then at that point... We were blaming Mike Antoni. We were blaming Dwight Howard. We were blaming the whole world. And I'm still back here going, do you guys remember what the root of this problem was? Do you imagine if Chris Paul had been on that team with a Dwight Howard? Do you think Dwight Howard would have been as defiant? You know, Chris Paul is the, in my opinion, the best point guard of our generation. And you would have had him in his prime, prime, prime with Kobe having the ability to at least be Kobe for at least two or three more years. I have no doubt that Kobe would be sitting with Michael Jordan right now with six rings. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. 
really funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. That's the thing. We know when we talk about the importance and the impact of the Chris Paul trade, and once again, you're joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, we talk about not only, and that's what I put in the description, not only what it did for the Lakers in reality, but what it could have been as far as for the Lakers, as far as the years ensuing after the Chris Paul trade would have been executed. What would have happened to the Lakers? What would have happened as far as earlier successes in those in that last decade that they did not have. And we saw what happened because the Dinga traded and we saw the fallout from there, the horrible season that they had, the underperforming seasons that they had. We saw exactly what happened as far as the hypothesis is concerned in regards to what happened when you don't get that kind of trade and how it can affect a, a franchise. Now I will ask you, Joe, let's throw a, a certain hyperbole, a certain hypothesis per se excuse me let's throw out a a formula for joe let's go ahead on the blackboard there throw out your theories as to what could have happened if the chris paul trade went through what would have likely happened is we we are going to the finals in a few of those years uh i don't know if it would have been back to back i don't know if it would have been two out of three to give you guys some perspective on this Chris Paul in 2018 played with James Harden and they went up 3-2 against the Golden State Warriors. If Chris Paul doesn't hurt, I believe it was his groin or his I can't remember what what how he got injured. Um but he was injured to where he couldn't play the lot, the game 6 and game 7. Mm-hmm. The reason why I bring that up is the question for me initially was, you have two ball-dominant players, Kobe Bryant and Chris Paul. How is that going to work? A great player will always make things work. Chris Paul, had it not been his, had he not gotten injured in 2018, it was very likely the Houston Rockets were going to beat the Golden State Warriors. So James Harden was a quintessential two-guard like Kobe Bryant, who dominated the ball. And Chris Paul was able to make that work and make it work very, very well. So imagine having a Chris Paul who was six years younger. Uh, I have no doubt that backcourt would have been the best in the NBA and they would have won at least one title together. And I feel like they would have won two because you would have been able to build that team with very good veterans that would have definitely come to play with the Lakers. And when you play with someone as team-oriented as Chris Paul with his mid-range and his passing ability and his team defense ability, you you had a very dangerous combination. And this guy was in his prime, 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 prime. This wasn't a 29-year-old Chris 
Paul with a little bit of a, a knee injury. We're talking about he might have had a little bit of a knee thing going on, but he was on fire around that time. And the only thing that kept them back was, you know, a flaky Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Yes. That was that's that was his that was his outlets. And anytime he 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 rode those guys hard, they cried like little babies. So imagine if you had Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant, two beasts, you know, running the show and uh, by the way, uh, uh, instructor John wanted to note to you that it was a shoulder hamstring, not a groin injury that that uh, that's fell. Yes, yes. Thank you for checking that again. I I do sometimes forget things. I'm sorry. Well, as far as Chris Paul choking, there's some merit there. I'm not going to argue against it, but I believe paired with uh, Kobe. But but with Kobe, so just, just again go to, to put it back into into context. Uh, in the excuse me, in the and, 2010s. And, yes, in, in perspective as well. Pau Gasol was 0 for 12 in the playoffs three years in a row. He was considered a choker as well. When he came to the Lakers and played with Kobe, he turned into a Hall of Famer. And I'm, I don't think anybody's going to argue. I know they're different positions and different sizes, but. I think we can argue that that Chris Paul is a better basketball player than Pau Gasol was. So I, I truly believe that Chris Paul right Despite now... Despite the fact that Pau tapped him on the head. <laughs> uh, Chris Paul would have had his number retired as a Laker. I, I, I know I would love to sit and talk to Chris Paul and talk to him about what if. Does it change the trajectory of Kobe's career in the sense of how his ending would have been? That's a very interesting discussion. Uh, it's a little freakish on some of the conversations I've had with with Laker fans on how different would like would, would Kobe's life be? Where would he have been? When would he have retired? How would that whole thing would have played out? I don't believe. I feel like I don't believe he would have retired in '16 had he had Chris Paul there with him, and how that changes. His life, it, it, it gets more and more depressing when I think about it. I don't want to go into the details because it starts to kind of get away from basketball. It starts to get into speculation. Speculation and, 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 you know, yeah. And it, and it kind of, you kind of get, I kind of get emotional about it. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. It was a devastating decision by a commissioner that ran this, the league into a lot of black holes after 1998 in my opinion the only commissioner that's been worse than than david stern is roger goodell now mm-hmm. what does that mean in the end it doesn't mean anything because roger goodell's made more money for the owners in his era than ever before but that's because people love money and that's all they give a crap about but in my opinion he destroyed the league in terms of it's what it used to be uh behind a facade of we care about the health of the players yet let's go add more games to the to the to the to the to the season so that we can make more money right david stern was i'll say was a very good commissioner from 1984 to 1998 but from 1998 until 2014 was abysmal and i have very little respect for how he operated after 1998 and he destroyed his flagship uh, team, and I still believe to this day a lot of it had to do with the fact of what happened after 04. If so 04- let's say, so well, let's say this okay, again, 
the true path of the Lakers, because of the fact that Chris Paul was not traded, I'm just going to let everybody know, the first year was the year that they did have Nash, Howard, Kobe, and we all know about the painful year that was, what the promise that could have been and should have been, unfortunately only led to a, a conference semifinals loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then we have the next year where it was a season where it was even uh, just just even more disappointing because they lost in the first round of the playoffs. After that, for the rest of the decade, was abysmal, where they were 14th, 14th, 15th, 14th, 11th, and 10th. Let's just hypothesize that the Chris Paul trade went through for the assets, such as we named earlier. And let's go ahead over what happened for the Lakers, what they were willing to deal, what they was agreed to upon as far as the trade is concerned. So the trade was a three-way trade between them, New Orleans, and Houston. The uh, uh, sixth man of the year, the reigning sixth man of the year, Lamar Odom and Pal Gasol, were going to go to the Houston Rockets. New Orleans would have received Kevin Martin, like you said, Goran Dragic, Louis Scola, Louis Scola, and a first-round pick from Houston to complete the trade. And Chris Paul would have been going to the Lakers. Had that deal would have gone through, I'd mentioned to you how bad it was for the Lakers since then, as far as from 2013 to the rest of that decade until they finally righted the ship, and we all know what happened from there. Your thoughts on how they would have finished the decade out for those six to seven seasons with Chris Paul? I have, I have no doubt they would have won at least one. And what we also lost out on likely is a Chris Paul, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, LeBron finals. It set so many things back, so many what ifs, because David Stern was a power tripping a hole who, for some reason, tended to listen to guys like Dan Gilbert and Mark Cuban at the worst times. And I'm also going to throw in Greg Popovich because that a-hole always complained whenever the Lakers did a deal that better themselves. He always opened his mouth. A lot of people, a lot of people have thought that I didn't like Greg Popovich because of his personal stuff. It's not. He's always opened his mouth ever since the Pau Gasol trade about, wait a minute, how did this happen? This, why don't you mind your own business, you tanking piece of crap to get Tim Duncan. You talk about the kettle, call him kettle black. This guy tanked in 96, helped the Spurs tank so that they can get the high pick to get Tim Duncan. Yet this guy has the nerve to say anything about someone making a trade. You know, they agreed to it. They wanted to get rid of salary. Pau Gasol was available and that's it. What do you open your trap about? Mind your own damn business. Steve Kerr has that habit too. That's another reason why I don't. I, I, I get irritated by those guys sometimes. They open their mouth about things they shouldn't be open their mouth about. You know, if you don't want to make, you don't want to deal with a deal going through in the NBA, then go cry about it somewhere else. Somewhere else. No one is crying when you got Kevin Durant because you lucked out that you signed Steph Curry at ten million per because of his ankle. You, the, the Warriors were worried about him. They didn't know if he was going to become anything. They were they, they almost traded him to Milwaukee instead of Monte Ellis. You know, did you see Jeannie or or Mitch or or Dr. Buss when he was alive? Did you hear them yapping about what was going on? So it 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 it, it dealt it dealt with a lot of things. And we watch uh, my friends watch Shark Tank and they love it, right? And every time I hear Mark Cuban, I I I remember that. I remember how he 
<laughs> how him and Dan Gilbert cried to David Stern about how that trade was unfair. It took the NBA to stop the Lakers. And what pisses me off is we had missed the playoffs five times in our history at that time, at that point. And then we proceeded to go 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, five times in a row in five years. We missed the playoffs. Why? Who are the, Again, the what is uh, the NBA? What is the NBA without the Lakers? The, the last... Lakers missed the playoffs six years in a row, uh, basically from the last time they were there, 2012 to 2013, to the year they won the championship in 2020. It took a league to stop the Lakers. It took an idiot commissioner to power trip for the last time to to stop a unprecedented run by, in my opinion, the best-run franchise of the last 40 years. Better than the Yankees, better than the Niners, better than any any American team, that's for sure. And it's just, it, it was, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of like how the Houston Rockets are being praised now. You know, you, you rewarded a scam. You reward a a a guy who said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because I can. And guess what? There was no punishment. There was no there was no retribution. There was no nothing from that. All it did was derail a a franchise that had been whooping everybody's ass for 40 years. So yeah, I'm I'm still pissed. I'm talking about it now. I'm still pissed. Samurai Beast Warrior says, did the NBA help the Lakers win game six back in 2002 in the Western uh, Conference Finals? Well, if there's, I think people forget what game five was about. He's asking if was game six fixed because of who was refereeing the game. Well, he wasn't refereeing that game. That's the misconception. Uh, Which games did Tim Donahue did not coach game six. He didn't coach game five either. I watched game five that year in Sacramento and that game was one of the worst officiated games, but no one, no one remembers that because of the Kings won. Uh, the Lakers got all the calls in the fourth quarter. Uh, I watched the Donahue, um, Netflix movie. They didn't touch up on game six. I don't know if they created this thing about game six, just to kind of fit it in with what was going on with him. But he did not ref that game. So and there you, you go. If you want to believe game six was fixed, you know, go ahead. Just like you, I, you know, I, I those, those, see, you're never going to talk those people off the mountain. You're never going to talk those well, people because it off makes the them feel good. It makes them feel good to say that the Lakers cheated, right? Or the B, or the bubble championship or anything else. Yeah, that the yeah. So done. they'll say the bubble championship or the Mickey Mouse championship. Losers who need excuses say stuff like that. If you've got proof, prove it to me. They had proof with the Houston Astros in 2017. So if you can bring me proof that game six was fixed, I also want you to check on game five because I remember watching Bobby Jackson pull Kobe's jersey out of his shorts. So Sam Rocky was a Lakers with no, fan. With no call. So he is a Lakers fan, just a nist to know. Yeah, I, it, 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 you, I need proof. Show me proof that that was fixed. 
uh, and I, I don't think anybody can provide that. But no. I will say I've got a question for you. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us here in class for Lakers History 101, the Chris Paul trade that never was and was for the Lakers. No, but was for the Clippers. Yes. We'll talk about the Clippers side in a second. I do want to say before the comments go flowing in on email or Twitter or however I seem to get it, that it supposedly goes unchecked as far as Joe's comments or anything of that nature. Joe's comments are his own. I disagree with him wholeheartedly on the platforms that, you know, these athletes or these coaches in the case of Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr, what they can go ahead and say and do. I actually agree with quite a bit of what they say and the platform that they use. So I disagree with Joe, but again, I'm not saying it in a 10 minute diatribe. So people say it goes unchecked. That is not true. So please, if do not send your letters or tweets or anything at us in saying that Joe gets to say whatever he wants and nobody's there to go ahead and say otherwise. If we feel otherwise, we will say otherwise here at Lakers Fast Break University. So that being said, and that being out of the way, so again, you can say other comments. Please go ahead and send us emails anytime, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But if you're saying that, you don't have an argument again. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and mention that – the trade that actually did happen one week later. I believe they did win fair and square in, in 2002 Samurai Beast War. But again, you're going to have lots of people throughout the time that you know their team lost. If they're a Kings fan or if they're a Celtics fan, they're going to try and point out the things that they want to go ahead and point out. But before we head on out, Joe, I want to mention what actually did happen, the fallout of the trade. We mentioned what happened as far as the Lakers not getting Paul and the, and the residual effects of that, that you know, so over the course of six years, it took for them to recover to get to a place where they were competitive and ultimately a championship winning team again. You also had the Clippers that a week later got Chris Paul in a trade, and Chris Paul's trade with the Clippers were for a different array of players. In the deal, the Clippers received Paul and parted ways with players Eric Gordon, Chris Kamen, Al Aminu, and a first round pick, which I, uh, you know, that is a good haul for the New Orleans, which they utilized, but never really got anything farther than what you saw out of them, even with Anthony Davis on that team. For the Clippers, though, it was supposed to have been Lob City, a chance for them to exceed and grow into a championship-level team that unfortunately never happened. No, because you had Blake Griffin, who was the modern-day big man version of Tracy McGrady which was an athletic freak whom once once he got out of once he lost that ability was useless and even when he was at his peak it could be very easily neutralized because he never really worked on the other parts of his game and then DeAndre Jordan was supposed to be he was kind of coming in line with the new modern big man he had, he was just at the end of what the old one was, which is a shot-blocking dunking machine, but he was very easy to deal with when playoff time came. Uh, and Chris Paul put those guys through it, and Chris Paul ended up having this reputation of being a jerk because he, he held them accountable for not doing what they were supposed to. And that's kind of the turn of the personalities of this era, is if Chris Paul was playing in the 80s, he would have been Gary Payton. Uh, now he's he's a he's a mean man. 
<laughs> it never will sit well with me. We lost championships because of it, or at least a championship. Kobe uh, had to deal with two lockouts. He had to deal with suspect. I, I'm not going to put 4 on anybody except Kobe and Shaq, so I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But Kobe should have ended his career with six or seven championships, and he was robbed of that by David Stern. And that's something I'll take to the bank every day of the week. And trampling on a dead man is, is I know, a little disrespectful, but I'm not trampling on David Stern, the father, the husband. I'm trampling on his commissioner status. His decision-making as a commissioner from 1998 till his retirement in 2014 was abysmal and one of the worst 10 years for a commissioner that I've ever seen. And I've, I've watched Bud Selig be a commissioner and I've watched Richie Goodell be a commissioner. So that says a lot. So let me ask you this, Joe, when it comes to what could have been for the Clippers as well, they had a team, Lob City, which supposedly was exciting and a time and an era when if at any point in time in Lake in Los Angeles sports history, the Clippers should have been at the forefront with the Lakers flailing in Kobe's final years the Lakers were losing year after year after year. Then you have this team playing the same arena, Lob City, that was actually winning, going to the playoffs each and every year. It never materialized, including one of the most humiliating playoff losses in league history. Absolutely. Reaffirming almost the franchise's uh, reputation that they've earned for decades as a not-so-winning organization. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. In regards to Chris Paul, Chris Paul over the years has earned a reputation as far as not being able to produce in the playoffs. He's been to the finals, unfortunately did not come out of it as a winner, but he's been to the playoffs, I think, uh, close to 10 times in his career. I actually have to check to see how many times he's actually been to the playoffs, but quite a few times in his career, but he's never really gotten it done. Your thoughts on that, because again, could him have gone to the Lakers being around Kobe, being around that championship aura, being around that championship mentality, could that have changed the complexities of his career and made him the definitively the greatest point guard of all time if he had landed on the Lakers? Oh, absolutely. You would have had Kobe in Kobe mode for at least three years, at least. And I'm basing that off of what we saw already. Now, here's where it would have been interesting. Chris Paul would have would have extended Kobe's career. The stress wouldn't have been as, as, as drastic with Chris Paul there. And I'm sure that the, the Lakers would have filled in the holes at some point. And even let's say if Kobe still retires in 2016, how well has Chris Paul been playing since 2016? I just told you about 2018 where they were one game away from beating the 2018 uh, Golden State Warriors. We would have had no end. We would have had the Chris Paul era then. It is, in so many ways, a destruction of a franchise by one guy deciding because of basketball reasons. That in itself, that line should tell you what a crock it was. And let me just say this. He's been to the playoffs 14 
seasons of his career. You want to call Chris Paul a, jo- a choker? That's that's you have some relevancy there, especially in 2021. The the Suns had no reason losing that series. That was it. Uh, I that think his time with the Clippers been, in that series against Houston. Well, that Houston, that was, yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah, I'm not gonna that argue was, that, that either. Was probably, yeah, that was probably that was a humiliating choke job, no doubt. But if Chris Paul wins in 18 healthy, wins in 2021, I know it's an if, but this is sports, guys. Sometimes it's just this much. This is this is what I mean. Malcolm Butler making an instinct decision changed Tom Brady and the New England Patriots history forever. Because if that interception doesn't happen, there was some talk that Tom Brady would have probably not played for the Patriots the following year. That's how close it is in sports. Robert Ori shoots a three in game four with Vlade volleyballing the ball to him. He doesn't make that shot. Who knows what happens to the Lakers? They go out, they trade people after they trade Shaq that summer. Who knows? There's so many what ifs that we can go to. But the question now is, or the discussion right now is, what did that veto do? What can we be sure of? We can we can't guarantee in the in the discussion that they would have won a championship, but we have to look at it from a common sense standpoint, too. You get in a Chris Paul that was in his elite prime playing with Kobe Bryant who played three more years I'd say of some relevancy 12 13 and 14 now 14 ended badly but I believe the stress would not have been necessary for him to get to that point where he blew out his Achilles I believe those two years prior would have been less burden on him because he had someone who could carry the load and Kobe could have been able to Kobe could have focused on continuing to be the striker instead of being the all world guy we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast hey Lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers will look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com Mr. Witch and Mr. Light have an agreement with a group of hags who call themselves the Hourglass Coven. You see, they can come and go into the Witchlight Carnival as they please to steal from naughty patrons. But what happens when those patrons come back years later looking for those lost things? Find out as Wizards and Wine takes on the wild beyond the Witchlight. Two tables playing through the same adventure. One table more thoughtful, kind, and bold in their actions. The other table more decisive, more adventurous, a little more prone to taking risks. The actions of each table influences the gameplay of the other. Find out how it all shakes out with Wizards and Wine, the wild beyond the witchlight. You can catch the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and you can catch the live stream on Mondays. Find us on YouTube 
and Facebook. We hope to see you at the carnival very soon. So let's reiterate. You think if, and you hypothesize, that if Chris Paul would have been traded to the Lakers, that trade would have gone through, again, Powell and Lamar Odom would have gone to Houston and a a myriad of assets would have gone to New Orleans. Chris Paul, in your mind, on the Lakers for the rest of the decade, by the end of the decade of the last decade, would have been most likely thought of as the best point guard of all time. No, no one will ever be better than Magic Johnson. Okay. Uh, Chris Paul would have been the best point guard of his era. Okay. Yeah. Because he's still considered by many as one of the best point guards of his era right now. And absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But you have to win the championship to be at the, at the top. Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard that will ever live. Sean Grice, even though I'm not a statistical guy, but there are some statistics that are too just freakish to, to, to ignore. His usage rate and in, in, the, in the way he controlled the game and his stats is not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's Barry Sanders-esque. It's Bo Jackson in his prime-esque. It's doesn't, it's not, the, the human part of it is, is questioned at how amazing that skill set was. Magic Johnson, I got the tail end of his, 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 his career. I didn't get a chance to see it between, let's say, 82 and 87, right? Magic Johnson controlled a team in any team sport better than I think I've ever seen anybody control. Michael Jordan was just the, the greatest athlete <laughs> at what he did. He was just great because he was fire and ice and everything in between it. Magic Johnson controlled a game like no one has ever controlled, definitely in basketball. And Larry Bird is 1A next to him. I give Magic just a, a slight hair above that. They were Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein of the NBA. Uh, that's 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 the only thing I can say. They they were they were uh, Bobby Fisher. <laughs> they were Bobby Fisher you know, on on a chessboard. They could see seven, eight, nine, ten, fifty moves ahead. And as great as Chris Paul is, I, I just can't put him into that category. Even if he had won a couple championships. But if I had to pick a point guard uh, in the last 15 years, I probably would pick Chris Paul. Uh, I know the Steph Curry crowd would be like, wait, what the hell? I don't consider Steph Curry a true point guard. I consider him a revolutionized shooting guard who handles the bar, handles the ball. Same thing with James, James Harden. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. These guys are ball handling snipers or not snipers, but shooting guards. Uh, Chris Paul is a distributing point guard. Steve Nash is a distributing point guard. Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, Jason Kidd, uh, John Stockton, these are distributing point guards. These are the quintessential point guards. Those are the, those are the ones that I would put in a category as true point guards. But then again, like I said, the trade went through for the Clippers. They managed to go ahead and get some pieces, including Eric Gordon, Chris Kamen, you know, Al Aminu, you know, those players of them, Gordon is the one that's actually last in the league. But it's that first round pick that is most interesting that was also thrown in because that became 
far as Anthony Davis is concerned. So it worked out in a different way because the Clippers trade went through. New Orleans got that first round pick. It became Anthony Davis, according to the article that's listed out there. They ended up uh, with that first overall pick because they said if the trade originally trade had gone through, maybe the Hornets could have contended for a few seasons and would have not been so bad. So because of the fallout from that trade and the pieces that they got, they end up being lousy enough to get the first round pick that they needed, the number one pick overall, and it ended up being Anthony Davis. That helped their team to be relevant for a few years. And then, of course, ultimately we saw him traded to the Lakers, and you see where it's gone from there. So in an essence, the hypothesis, I go ahead and add on to your formula there, Joe. The hypothesis, we'll call it the karma hypothesis, since the Lakers ultimately did not get what they wished for initially, they ultimately, in the end, got something back for New Orleans for this trade. That doesn't count. It does. It's if you had karma, said Austin Rivers, yeah. But they it's, got... cost, it's karma. It's, it's not. Karma. It all it's came not. back around. No, no I'd rather, no, no, I don't, I'd rather, if you ask me, I'd rather go back and get Chris Paul, win a couple championships, and then get LeBron in 18 anyways with Chris Paul. <laughs> I think that's how that, that would have ended up playing out. Kobe's uh, career, I think that's probably a, a well, I hypothesized that that happened. It, it's good that you thought that, but the reality is that pick went to Austin Rivers. It was the 10th pick. Yeah, so but, that doesn't but count. their team was so bad after that trade <laughs> and the fallout from it. But ultimately, they the would league, have been bad anyways. Come on, G. They would have been uh, bad you anyways. You never know. The, no, no, you know, if that me. original trade, if the Lakers' original trade had gone through. The Pelicans have been in the second round bad. once. They've since. not been. They would have not been that bad. So theorize. You're theorize here, my friend. Just just hear me out. I okay. appreciate you trying on that one. That's a good one. But I'd rather see Chris Paul and, and, and Kobe Bryant beating LeBron and D. Wade in the finals. And by the way, Richard, Woj or Shams would report it on if, if uh, LeBron is asking for a trade. That is not that's not real. Or or somebody may be using account or similar on that. Yeah, Woj has a lot of fakes out there, so be careful, guys. Same thing for LeBron James. LeBron James has a lot of fakes out there too, as far as accounts. So especially now with what's going on in Twitter. So there's probably even Joe Sorrell fake Twitter accounts right now. Probably not. I'm not that famous. But Howard Hill says one chip with AD. Why do I not feel satisfied? Well, it's not. I, I agree with you. There is no feeling of satisfaction right now because of where the Lakers stand. But you know, when you, especially with the fact that the Lakers have won so many championships, but would they have been more successful with that trade? Most likely, over the past, and I've talked about this on several podcasts, where the Lakers since 2010, since they won in 2010, have lost more seasons than they won. Chris Paul, by getting that trade to go through, would have righted that. And you would have seen more winning seasons than losing ones. Maybe even, like Joe says, more than one championship. But I think, again, it ultimately worked out okay. But still, there's a long way to go from now where we're here at this point in time. But I think the Chris Paul trade would have worked out better in the Lakers' favor. I think they probably would have won more than one championship as well. And and how does that change history? Kobe sits at seven championships next to... MJ six, Kareem six. 
Kobe yeah. now is in the discussion. This this sports thing is about the individual statistics, but also the team team accomplishments. What makes Michael Jordan number one is because he does have more championships in in the last fifty years than than anyone, and he never lost. Other than Kareem, Kareem had six, but Kareem is a center and was playing the last half of his his career with Magic Johnson. So it's in terms of playing the greatest of all time, it, it you know you, you just can't compare the two. It changes a lot of things, guys. It changes a lot of things, and it, I still it's still think it's a little bit of karma. The Lakers again. No, I, think I don't believe it. I don't believe in that crap. No, there's no karma here. That's my hypothesis. Yeah, yeah I don't know why. That. That's that's like saying. See, because you, know, you said I, your I, theory is that the Lakers would have gone. That's like when something goes bad. I hear people, oh, that you know, it happened for a reason. I hate that 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 line. I can't stand it. Oh, it happened for a reason. Well, what? No, no, I'm not gonna play that game. No, <laughs> it was a bad, disgusting decision by a, a, a mediocre commissioner, uh, destroying his flagship, uh, destroying his flagship franchise to give it to a pig. The fact that he allowed a pig to get that guy is was the was an even bigger insult. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great class, great lecture by none other than Professor Joe Sorrell. Do you have any questions for us? And again, I did retort my disagreements with him on some other issues concerning this podcast. So his thoughts, for the most part, are his own. Although, again, I agree with him on the synopsis that the Lakers would have won more championships in the years following a Chris Paul trade than what we've seen already. So I agree with him on that assessment on that. I think that's very sound. So students want to thank you so much for attending today's class. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Truly hope you'll be a part of what we're doing here. We will also just want to mention that we will be here on Friday. Of course, our live watch party will be on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And of course, we'll be on right afterwards. The game starts Friday night, I believe 730 start time. And we'll be on right after that at 10 p.m. Pacific, thereabouts, talking about the game. Hit that like button. As always, appreciate, Richard, you reminding us of that. And, of course, if you haven't already, please subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the year. Joe, do you have any thoughts on what we should continue our curriculum on for our next class in Lakers History 101? I was thinking maybe the Minneapolis Lakers, but maybe we're not ready to give out that class session just yet. Well, it would be fitting considering – the one thing that Jeannie and the organization has done well is present Mikan's retired jersey and beautiful banners for by you know by the Minneapolis Lakers. They need to be represented better, and this was a first start to it. Uh, they are a relevant dynasty. They are the first team to three P. They went back to back as well before that. It's uh, so we'll a, see. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It is a it is a relevant discussion, and Laker fans need to understand that history because that history helped catapult the NBA. George oh. Mikan helped catapult the NBA to Russell and Wilt. Wilt and Russell took it to Kareem, then Kareem took it to Magic, and here we are. 
So we'll go ahead and then discuss in our next class, which we'll go ahead and schedule here, probably sometime this weekend, we'll give you an announcement of when that class will be. It will be on the Minneapolis Lakers. We'll go ahead and talk about that. We'll go ahead and create a new class for that. But we thank everybody for watching and listening. I got a correction. Thank you again, Samurai Beast Warrior. It is actually the Detroit Pistons. It's been so long since the Lakers had a game, seemingly. So, yes, it is the Detroit Pistons. Kate Cunningham hopefully will be healthy and be able to play. But, yes, the Detroit Pistons are coming into town. Starts at 7.30 p.m. We'll be live for a live watch party on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then we'll be available right afterwards right here for post game here at Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Any last thoughts in the last seconds of class before the bell rings, Professor Joseph? Yes, Richard. Contrary to what is out there, Palinka is in Indiana for scouting purposes. Now, if something happens after this, I, I will admit I was wrong. But if that's what's really going on, that has nothing to do with Buddy Hield. I think Buddy Hield might have put some cryptic message because he knew he'd get a lot of hits on his uh, Twitter. And That's of course, you know, did. on the, the most recent, one of the most recent Woj pods, you know what uh, Miles Turner had said about his wanting to go on the Lakers. Yes, for, there's no doubt Miles Turner wants to come to the Lakers. There is no doubt there. And I'm pretty sure Buddy Hield wants to go as well. And in support of Laker Tom, especially at the point of the team now, uh, I would not be against doing a trade and, and relinquishing the 27, 29 picks to get those guys because at least we can guarantee that the generational player that's about to land in June. Victor Wambiyama. He will be, he will be that LeBron. He will be that Shaq player. And we cannot afford to give that to the Pelicans. It's, it's, it, you, that's more important than getting somebody in 27 and 29. We are not going to see, if you look at the, the years, okay, you have Kareem in 69, you have Magic in 1980, you have Shaq in 1992, mm-hmm. and then and then you have LeBron in 04. And then sorry, now you'll LeBron have in Victor You see, guys, now that, that there's been a distance now since LeBron. Now, Zion was that guy two years ago, but I could... could, could is, is a, he's a real deal. Could Victor become Zion? I doubt it. I don't think we're going to see a transitional player in 27-29. We'll see. We'll see, see. indeed. But again, we want to go ahead and get as good as we can to see if we can do as best we can as a team to not let New Orleans get that number one pick because Victor and Rambiyama is the real deal. The bell's ringing. Class is ending its session now. We truly want to thank you so much for being part of Lakers History 101 here at Lakers Fast Break University. For Professor Joe Soro, this is Dean Gerald Glassford saying thank you so much for watching and listening. I want to also give you a reminder to go hatch the latest crazy Lakers trade at Laker Tom on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll be back on Friday after the Detroit game. That's right, Detroit. Please go ahead and check us out on playback.tv and, of course, everything that we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Class is now dismissed.